The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform and any medium. You'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive. And finally, you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs. So if you'd like to claim your free training now, go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it now. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Influencer's Edge. And transparently, I owe our guest, Tyler Narducci, our guest today, a profound apology. We actually shot this episode about two weeks ago. And I don't know what happened to me. I didn't have my morning coffee, but I forgot to hit record. And he's been so gracious to come back. Thank you for accepting my apologies and giving me another shot. It was a great interview. And I just had a Biden moment and flushed it all away. Thank you for being here. You're very kind. Hey, no worries. Second time is the charm, right? We had a we had a practice run. We had a practice run. I like your reframing your attitude. And one of my kitty cats snuck into the room. I don't know how she did it. We'll make sure she doesn't interfere too much. Uh, all right. So Tyler Narducci, a seven-figure agency owner. That's an impressive number. Seven figures is a lot podcast host and business coach. You are the founder of Profit Pico, a consulting firm for digital marketing agencies and B2B businesses. Let's start by defining our terms. For those, uh, because primarily my audience are people who are interested in sales and mind control and all sorts of weird stuff. What do you mean by a digital marketing agency? What do they do? Primarily paid ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok, web dev, uh, SEO, social media management, those types of things. So right away, here's an interesting question. And you know, as I said to you, I like to push back and, and ask Absolutely. To my guests. The number one thing I hear from people who are looking to do some kind of paid ad strategy on these different platforms, I hear two things. First thing I heard from one of my business coaches, Kelly Roach, is she said, you want to have a platform independent business because you never know when the uh, they're going to boot you for whatever reason. They could decide to just shut you off and then you're screwed. Uh, and then the second thing, I want you to take these questions in order. So a lot of people say there's no point in doing it because the algorithm is constantly changing. And now with AI, you're competing with AI. You're trying to keep up with artificial intelligence, which humans can't do. So how would you answer those two questions? How would you address those? Well, first, I think 
there is some truth to you don't want to be fully reliant on a social media platform for the growth of your business. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, does that mean that it cannot be a massive, massive tool to grow your business? Absolutely not. Um, I think it's it's really great to have redundancies in place and, and backup plans in place for, you know, if you're running paid ads as your main channel for new leads for your business and new sales for your business, you should have a backup plan and, and a, you know, something to move to in case they do kick you off or, or whatever happens. I've had an ad account get hacked and shut down before and had to deal with that and it was a mess. Uh, but does that mean it's still not the king in uh, the the ad space? Absolutely not. So I uh, do have backups in place, but um, you know, it's a it's a great way to grow your business. And what about the second thing that you're competing with an algorithm that now now it's, we're, they've added in AI, and so it just becomes impossible to keep up with the algorithm. Well, it's not impossible. Um, in fact, I, I wouldn't have my business. Uh, at where it is anywhere near where it is today, if it weren't uh, for Facebook and and Instagram ads, I mean they are really the bedrock of growth for a lot of businesses out there. Um, but and you're not really you're not when I say when you, they say you're competing against AI, like yeah, I guess there are different AI tools out there that can set in place ads. And as we continue to go into the future, I think that's going to ramp up a lot more than it is right now. But as far as right now any automatic ad placement services that I've seen out there don't come anywhere near like real good ad buyers, like skilled ad buyers. I get it. Today, I'm, just playing, today. I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. To tell yeah. you the truth. I've spent, I'm, I'm a sucker for Instagram ads. I've spent yeah. thousands of dollars, uh, about half of it on cat stuff. Cause I have two cats. <laughs> Someone once yeah. said, if you want to make a fortune, sell something that appeals to golfers, who are cat fanatics because yeah. that, those are markets that can never be satiated. I'm just playing devil's advocate, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, no, there. It's a great channel. It definitely works. Don't get discouraged. Um, you know, do it. But yes, have backup plans. And yes, as we continue into the age of AI, it's going to become a, a little bit more difficult. But as of right now, ad buyers are still winning. Cool. So back in 2015, you were like many people, overworked underpaid what were you doing that uh, i everyone can identify these days as being overworked right. what were you right. doing that and what were you doing and how underpaid were you uh the job was like thirty eight thousand dollars a year or something and i had <laughs> yeah yeah for 2015 absolutely and for a college degree like i followed the everything that you're supposed to do in the american dream you know go to school. I graduated, you know, I graduated high school with my associate's degree and then went straight into college. Only got it in two years because I'd done two years in high school already, you know, got out and I'm thinking, okay, what do I do now? And you're, you're there with a bachelor's degree in psychology. And it's like, okay, now what? Right. Like there's no, one's going to hire you. Like you don't look any better than anybody else. Like it's this, this whole like college path is so muddled and, and just like worthless for most people today. And I found that out in real time. Uh, and I, I went in, uh, into marketing and before I got my first gig in marketing, I was working at bars. I was a flight attendant for a hot minute that didn't pay anything at all. It was you really were a flight bad. attendant? Yeah. Flight attending and bar and bartending right out of college because I didn't know what I wanted to do. There was no path and there and anybody, anything that had jobs that were like 
of what I would have wanted to be paid. They wanted even more experience, right? They didn't want right. to hire a college grad. So I had to get a, a you know, an entry-level marketing gig. And I did that. And I worked at an energy shot company and I worked at a sleep aid company, sleep aid company first, energy shot company next. Um, and, you know, they were just kind of like, I think at the time- Wait, they if, were the like, sleep aid, if the sleep aid worked, then you wouldn't need the energy shot. <laughs> I keep going. Yeah, possibly. Well, you know, here the funny thing is the sleep aid company was a sleep shot and the the, the energy shot company was an energy shot. So the energy <laughs> shot company hired me because I worked at the sleep aid company. That's it was like, hilarious. this is the same thing in reverse, right? That's hilarious. Um, but no, it, it, at them, I mean, they're paying you chump change and you're doing everything. You're running, you're running their whole brand social media. You're answering all uh, everything online. Uh, you're setting, you're placing ads, you're managing their ads and just any task at all that they want to throw on you because you're the young millennial. Like at the time it was like, oh, just give social to a millennial. Like they know what they're doing. And that worked out for millennials. On, honestly, we were able to get gigs because they, you know, people that were you know of older age were like i don't know how to do this just hire someone young so that was a good foot in the door but super underpaid and underappreciated and i quickly learned that i was good at it i was getting them great results one of them like the energy shot company fired their eight thousand dollar a month retainer agency out of new york city and put all of the agency's work on me at 38 grand a year and I did better than the agency. All my posts were performing better. All the metrics, the vanity metrics people look for at the time were doing better with me. And I'm like, wait a minute. If I can do that for them and I'm replacing the eight grand guy, like I want to make the eight grand instead of, of them, you know, right. bringing it in-house. I was like, wait a minute. I want to be that agency that 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 was just making the eight grand because I can do it better than the agency. And they're paying me pennies on the dollar for that. So that's kind of where my brain started started swirling. And so I started getting clients on the side made a quick goal, make at least three times what you're making in your paycheck out of retainer clients. I hit that goal within about three or four months. That's uh, then fantastic. I, That's pretty yes. quick to, to hit your and, goal that quickly. At, and I'll and I'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later on on how you can kind of do that a little bit quick quickly like I did. But when I hit that goal, I was like, all right, I don't want to lose this job. I want to turn them into my next client. And I'm like, let's see how I can do this. So I went to them with the best offer I thought in the world, slam dunk offer. Give uh, let me do everything that I'm currently doing right now. Um, you don't have, and you can pay me less than what you're paying me. Pay cut my paycheck in half, but put it in a retainer form to my agency. And the only thing you have to sacrifice is my butt in the seat in the office. But you still get everything that I'm getting you right now, and you pay me less, and you don't give me any benefits. I'm thinking it's a slam dunk offer. Like slam dunk. Who, yeah, no, they were horrified, shocked, shaken and stirred, and they couldn't fathom that I would spend my time doing anything other than, you know, working full time for them, which is just like, okay. And I'm like, and I really press them like, why? And they're like, well, because I like to be able to walk over to your office and ask for things. I'm like, so you can't send me an email. You can't shoot me a Slack <laughs> message. No, because the mentality was just so outdated. This is pre-COVID. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure minds have changed since, but pre-COVID, sure. that's what you're dealing with. Yeah. I I admire that. See, what I see here is not just the the courage to bet on yourself, but the insight to think, okay, how can I structure a really good proposition that would seem to be a no-brainer? So you had to be able to first of all have the clarity to say, I'm not happy with the situation, the courage to do something about it, and then the cleverness. So you had the courage, the clarity, and the cleverness, three C's that helped you make that transition. I really, those are skill sets I think that 
translate into any business. So for those of my viewers and or listeners who are absorbing this, you need to get that Tyler has lessons to teach you, even if you're not into digital marketing. I always like when I interview a guest who's really sharp and has made big strides to sort of pull out the psychology of how they do what they do. So even if the topic itself is not a one-to-one -one match, there's something here that people can really learn from you beyond your technical skills, which we'll talk about. So you quick, quickly grew your own digital marketing agency uh, to, wow, to six and eventually seven figures just a few years later. Now, many people who I coach and who listen to this have mindset issues that say, okay, six figures is where I belong. Uh, I'm happy here at six figures. And they're really, they're fooling themselves. They know they want to do better, but they have imposter syndrome. They don't think they can get there. I want to know, obviously you didn't have this problem. When you saw yourself at six figures, you knew that you could get to seven or did you have a little internal wrestling you need to do with your belief systems to believe that you could get to seven? Uh, totally had to do a lot of mindset work uh, in order to, in order to even get to the point where I could feel good fully pursuing the agency and leave the job in the first place. I had to do a lot of mindset work. Let's talk um, about that. Well, I mean, so for me, and I won't get too woo-woo for your show, That's okay. but I saw- That's Get woo-woo. <laughs> Please get woo-woo. Okay. Well, the catalyst for me, like I think probably a lot of people was seeing The Secret. Uh, I watched the documentary, got really involved in it, and I'm like, okay, cool. So if you could create your own reality, let me, let me try and create mine. You know, I, I really hate my job hate my existence out of college and I'm not getting paid. So what do I have to lose? Right. Other than the job that I didn't like. Um, so I really went all in on that. I started meditating every day. I started doing a lot of visualization practices every day um, and really feeling that emotion of, of kind of achieving the goals. And this was prior to even leaving the job. So, I, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of that mindset work and then throughout my day, taking action, you know, not as meditating on it, but then also seeking out the opportunity at the same time. Yeah. Execute, execute, execute. Yeah, every time. And 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 I was I was really shocked at how fast things moved once I, you know, really bought into it, really believed in myself and and really, you know, it, and then and then it's kind of I kind of actually a good analogy is when you start going to the gym and you know the first few weeks are really discouraging because you don't really see anything, but at second you see a little bit of tone or a little bit of gym pump, you're like, oh, and then you just get this like really motivation. Like, okay, I start seeing it working. It worked that much. So let me work on it harder so I can get that much. So that first bit when you're not seeing anything and there's no feedback, it's difficult. But once you get that first bit of feedback, like I got that first client on retainer, I was like, oh my right. God, now I, now I can get another one. Now I can get right. another one. And so it, it's, it, it propels you with more momentum forward. Um, you know, once you start seeing the results. I think that's a really, really good point you're making. And I also would add to that, that in the beginning, it takes a certain kind of discipline, a certain kind of willingness to go through that period where you've yet to see that little win. Yeah. That is, I think is the difference between someone who makes it or someone who just has to keep starting from scratch. That ability to stick with it until you see those first gains. Is that something that you in, innately always had or did you have to install that in your head this is tyler these are not flippant questions this is really important no. because again i ask these because my listeners my viewers are into sales they're into they're entrepreneurs 
and and they really need this advice from you, whether they're doing digital marketing or not. And because you're so successful and you pulled yourself up by your own mindset, so to speak, can yeah. you speak into that? How did you manage that gap between the time when you were doing this and, and you saw that first pump? I'm Jack, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more that that is probably the, if not the biggest, it's one of the absolute biggest hurdles for all entrepreneurs out there. It, because uh, especially in my generation and the generation before me that are that are, are starting their businesses now too, like we have very short attention spans. We're on social media all the time. Like we need to see- we, Hold we on have one these... second. We have a fire truck going right by. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. No worries. Yeah, we have no short worries. attention spans. We have really short attention spans. We have really, like if something doesn't work or or hit give that dopamine really quickly, we want to move on. Right? So right. It, as, as time goes on, I think even younger and younger entrepreneurs are going to have a harder and harder time with this Great. because you have to have that sticking power until you see that first thing. And even people, when they see that first thing, some people are like, oh, that first thing is not enough. And then and then they don't go get the second thing, right? So I, I positioned it myself Um where I've always grown up with a, a sense of uh, like my mom and my mom and my dad always instilled in me, you don't go, you don't quit a job until you have another one. Like you need to always have something. So I did it in my head where I considered the safe way. I didn't, I didn't tell my job I was doing this. I did it on the side. I was doing it, you know, in my, in my first free time in my spare time. And so if it didn't work out, I still had that job. Right? right. So in my head and my head, it was, it was playing it a little bit safe. I didn't have the courage to just quit the job and then go start it. But I did, but what I kind of, my message is you don't have to, you don't have to be this radical pioneer to, to start yes. something and grow yes. successfully. Thank you. Thank you. And we are held up that I think we're sold that shoddy bill of goods that we have to have that kind of radical go yeah. in put everything into your dream. And, and I get it from one perspective, but from the other perspective, you better make sure you're, I think you need to have like bifocals. On the one hand, you need to have lenses that keep your vision in mind. And the other hand, you have to have the ability to look short term and see, am I about to step into a giant pit? So yeah, yeah I think that's, that's a fantastic. You need, to, you need to make sure your bills are paid and taken care of. Because if that, if you're if you're unable to pay your bills and you're not and you're struggling with, with finances, that's probably not the time to jump into your entrepreneurial journey because you're just gonna have so much <laughs> pressure and stress. Yeah. Like yes. get make sure you have some source of income, get your bills paid so you don't have that that weight over your head of like, oh my God, it's make or break. And so you can kind of have that space and that mental capacity to see your vision and to, you know, take it as it comes and, and grow with it. It doesn't have to be like this, this crazy story, but I want, I do want to give your listeners this because this is honestly the best part of the entire story is I, I did that. I left and they gave me the ultimatum, stay here and quit your agency. And, and, you know, you'll be very successful here. We just got into Walgreens and Target and Walmart and we're blowing up and you're going to be at the ground level or go with your agency and we'll part ways. Obviously I did the agency and parted ways. Four months later, I got a call from my boss that worked at that company. And she goes, Tyler, you're never going to guess what happened. And I said, oh, tell me what, 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 what's going on? And she goes, the boss walked in today and fired everyone, closed up shop, said, thank you for your service. But unfortunately, all of our funding is, our, all of our funding is done. And wow. uh, this is everyone's last day. And they were all fired in the blink of an eye. L of them had been had been fed this bill of lies that the the company is going up. You're in at the ground level. They were dangling stock options as this yeah. carrot to I keep everybody there. We, we have we're low pay, but you're going to get stock options. Just stick it out, right? And so I and I and I just thought, I'm like, man, 
I almost gave up my dream of, of running my own company because of this carrot this and this low pay of a job. And if I had done that, I would have been fired on the spot four <laughs> months later. And I'm just like, God, it, nothing solidified that I made the right decision more than that moment right there. I don't remember where I saw this. Maybe I watched so many inspirational videos or or something, but the message was you can fail doing something you hate. <laughs> yeah. Doing something you hate. And some, a very dear friend of mine was in that same position working for a startup company. Uh, and they kept saying they were working her ass off 60 hours a week paying her peanuts and giving her more and more responsibility. They wouldn't give her a raise, but they gave her these stock options. They said, just wait until the options vest and we get our IPO and, and you'll be wealthy. Mm -hmm. And finally, I kept saying to her, Katie, you got to quit, you got to quit. And finally she did. But yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Love that we're diving in, into the mindset. Let's get into the technical stuff. So you grew it to seven figures and now you help clients fast track their own success in digital marketing spaces by installing systems to scale and providing coachings and supporting along the way. So let's talk about scaling. This is a big buzzword, a big term. I see it everywhere. And anyone who has a business based on coaching, based on providing services, scaling. Because if you don't scale, you're trading time for money. And mm -hmm. my age, I'm 65. I'm in great shape, but you know, I don't have the time that a 25, 30 year old snot nose entrepreneur would have. So, no, if I, you look like yeah, a no, very you're young man, a very, very young man. So, I don't know. You don't need to tell us how young you are. It'll just make me feel bad today. So, <laughs> what are some of the secrets to scaling? Some of the things you need to do and what must you avoid? So, let's talk about what must you do and what must you never do. Uh, for scaling. All right. So when I think scaling, uh, you're right. It is a buzzword. There's a lot of shiny objects and all types of stuff out there when you, when you look it up. But for me, it's just having repeatable processes that aren't going to break the system. So as when I was growing my own company, my system broke several times. And I learned in real time that you can't just, when things are like, you could have everything working fine. You have leads coming in, you have your fulfillment team working and cranking out the results. Your clients are happy with those results. And with the leads that are coming in, you're closing them. So you got leads, you got sales, you got fulfillment. Those are the big three things that- I thought that's magic. I thought that right. makes you golden. Well, no. So there's, this is what you need to avoid. So you could be a $10,000 agency that has all three things, all three of those things down, right? But to go from a $10,000 a month agency to a $100,000 a month agency- everything has to change. You can't just crank up more leads, close more deals and fulfill more services. You need to, uh, you need to have the capacity for that, right? You're going to have to hire and train more people, uh, for sales. You're going to have to, um, be able to do the same thing with fulfillment. You're going to be able to, you're going to have clients asking you for more things. Things are going to be missing deadlines. They're going to be, um, they're often going to be asked for more different services than the ones you're asked you're offering regularly. There are a lot of things that have to change internally in the business. Otherwise, it'll break. The first thing that often breaks in marketing agencies when you grow is fulfillment. Like you don't have the capacity to help all of your clients. You take cool. on more clients and you just don't have the, you don't have the capacity. And um, just one thing for the entrepreneurs who are watching this and providing services, pay attention to what Tyler is saying because you're going to hit this wall. Don't think this doesn't apply to you. The more yeah. successful you get, the closer you're going to get to this giant pit he's telling you about. Sorry, I, I need to yeah. make sure that they're listening. 
No, it's all, it's, it's good. Then there's other, there's other big things that can, that, that have happened to me along the way, but as well, I mean, in those three buckets, fulfillment, sales, and lead gen, there are many things that can go wrong as you're, as you're growing all of a sudden your lead costs can shoot through the roof. You talked earlier about not relying on, on one channel. So, so much, Correct. if you're, if you're, if you're on the way from 10,000 to a hundred thousand and you're at 50 and all of a sudden your ad account gets frozen uh, and you have to scramble to get a new one, optimize new ads and rebuild from scratch. Well, that's going to be quite a big step. And now you've brought in more team members for fulfillment. You got to pay their bills, but you're not bringing in any more leads. And you also have closers that are closing on a commission basis who don't have any more leads anymore. So there are a number of things that can go wrong and your closers are going to leave you if you don't have enough leads to keep them happy uh, and keep them, you know, keep their paychecks uh, paid. And and this is going to be a nightmare for people who are high creatives like me who can't manage my, my skill set is not to manage employees. I have my operations manager. You're going to have to hire someone who's going to act as your HR person. And then you're going to have to go through, Oh my God, how do I find yeah. HR person? And how do I make sure it's a nightmare? Yeah. There are, there are so many things that can and will like they will go wrong on your journey from, you know, four to five to six figure as you go up the you know up the chain there are a lot of things that break and you can't just people have this assumption that you can just turn up the dial uh you know bring in more leads and everything will just scale on up easily and it doesn't work like that systems break you fix them and now you're operating at that level then they'll break again if you keep going you fix them and now they're operating for that level kind of thing now i'm at the point where you know one of my closers uh, that's on my team, he just had to have emergency surgery and we are one week before uh, Black Friday sales drop. So oh, now I'm down to closer before, before Black Friday drops. And what, I mean, I can't, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do about that. Like I had now my other, my other closers, they're going to have a, a heavier load and it's something that I can manage because I have a sales team, but you know, early on, if I just had one guy as my as my sales rep, and he had to be out on Black Friday weekend because of an emergency surgery, these are the things you don't see coming as a as a newer business owner, and you learn in real time uh, as they happen. And these are the things that my 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 company now helps agency owners with uh, because we've been there firsthand uh, and, and and figured that out already. Wow, I would say that the, <laughs> this is a. The analogy I'll give is my father was a combat medic in World War II. And one of their biggest problems, he was on the front lines fighting the Germans, literally unarmed because wow. he was a medic. And one of the biggest dangers, he said, were mines. The Germans used lots of mines. And so they had to have people whose specialty was trying to find mines. And you're essentially going, don't go through the minefield, agency owners. We'll take you through the minefield. We'll show you how to structure it. So you don't have to do that. And I really, again, I relate this to people who are entrepreneurs in my audience. You need to learn these skill sets. And I absolutely know it. And I really love that you're pointing out a truth that no one in all the interviews I've ever done and none of the books I've ever read, no one has ever said that things, I put it this way, the more successful you get, the more things are going to break. No one, I've never heard anyone say that. It's not a sign that you're failing things are just going to break when you scale. When you scale, things break. That's one of the big takeaways I'm taking from this interview. And I never even thought about that before. I know as I attempt to scale, it just becomes a lot more stuff I have to think about. And I have, luckily I have an operations manager. This is his jam. He loves it. He's mm -hmm. addicted to doing it. 
I got lucky, but not everyone's going to get that lucky. This is fantastic. Let's go. Let's normally this would be all the time we have, but you're really good. So let's keep going. Um, so we did talk about what is something you see marketing agencies owner, owners get wrong frequently. I think we talked about this already, that they're not preparing to scale. What else would you say they get wrong? Uh, so not prepared to scale is a later problem, um, a, a sooner problem that they're going to encounter when they're just starting out is so many of them confuse the difference between an offer and a service with a price tag on it. They're completely different things. You ask a new, a new business owner, Hey, what's your offer? And they'll be like, Oh, well, I sell Facebook ads for $2,000 a month management fee. And we manage up to $10,000 in, in ad spend. Okay. That's not an offer. That's not an offer. Anybody who sells that product or service can just put a price tag on it as well. And it's very, very common that you see service-based business owners just slap their service and a price tag and they call it their offer. It's never going to sell. When you advertise like that, people are going to keep on scrolling or, they, or you ask them, what's your offer? Oh, I do SEO and websites, the website builds. Okay. So that's the service you provide, but what, what's your offer? What's your guarantee? What's your hook? What's the Got thing it. that's going to stop me from and Got make it. me want to buy? Got it. So you're, I'm assuming you've heard of Alex from Ozai. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, big fan. I'm a huge fan, and I have his his books, and uh, absolutely, I see these offers on Instagram. I'm an Instagram junkie. That's where I see all my ads, and I see people say, "Doctors, we will get put ten new patients in your practice a month over ninety days, or you don't pay us until we do." That's an huge. offer. That's yeah. a huge offer. Notice, there's no mention there of how. There's no, no mention there of we're going to use no. this and this and this, like because and there are a lot of new business owners they they miss that part they get so embedded in the how and creatives like like yourself and other and a lot of most agency owners are creatives they start out like a freelancer and then they try and grow an agency themselves and then they they stumble because of the operations piece that you mentioned before yeah but that bridge between creative and operational is is vast it's a it's a big bridge and so the creative just goes oh well I do this service because they're so focused on the actual the the technicals of it, what they do, and they are not in the marketing side of it or the operation side where they're crafting a, a well put together offer. Well, luckily, I have a background. Uh, I was been I've been writing my own copy for the other side of my business, which is teaching pickup and seduction. So, and I study with Gary Halbert and some of the great copywriters. So, nice. so I I get that aspect. I don't know if you know who Gary is or not, but um, not not but heard of him. You have to have a really good offer, like. For example, one of the things I specialize is working with agencies like yours, companies like yours. And my offer is I will increase your sales by 30% in 90 days and I will charge you nothing up front. You pay me nothing up front. And if I can't do it in 90 days, I'll work with you for free until I do. So that's an irresistible offer. It's like I'm not putting any money on the table at all until this guy gets me results. That's an example yeah. of a really great offer. Absolutely. So, so let me, um, we're going to wrap up in like five minutes, but this is really good. Three things that every agency needs to succeed. So I touched on this before. It is lead generation. You got to have opportunity or you're, you're flat, you're dead in the water, right? You got to be able to close those leads. You need to have some type of sales skill. If you're not closing, you need to have a closer with you. And then you need to be able to keep your clients happy. You need to have good fulfillment to keep them paying their bills or else you're just going to churn and burn. Lead gen, sales, fulfillment, it all boils down to that. Everything else is just, you know, shiny objects and operations strategy, that kind of thing. But those are the actual 
three gears that are needed in order to keep the business going. Fantastic. Tyler, this is even better than the interview we did where I didn't record it. So second time is a charm. Uh, I want to thank you for providing such great value. Now, I know that people in my audience are going to want to stay in the conversation with you. How do they do that? And of course, you can tell us. We'll put the link in the the show notes as well. Yeah, so show note link will be perfect. It is profitpeak.co. At www.profitpeak.co and you'll see everything that we do how we do it and if you're interested you can apply uh, and book a call and we'll chat with you fantastico now do they have to apply to book the call or do, yeah. can they just book they have well, to apply to book the call yeah there's a short there's a short form that kind of tells us a little bit about where you're at in your journey um don't be right. worried about that though we the vast majority of of companies we work with are in the very beginning stages or very early stages of their business and we help okay. them grow the right way from the start so if you're not a, you know a full blown agency totally fine still apply okay stay on with me cuz i want to talk chat with you a little bit you've been a great guest we'll see you next time on the influencer's edge The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform in any medium. You'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive. And finally, you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs. So if you'd like to claim your free training now, go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it now. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack of sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on the Influencers Edge Show.